0: All right. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Maybe Next Year, the only podcast going to the playoffs in four of the five last years and five in the last six, I think. My name is Frank.
1: I'm, Scott. I'm Paul.
0: It's weird to think, guys, that we started this podcast in 2012 and didn't go to the playoffs until 2017. Yeah. Mm-hmm, correct. Is that right? It was 2017. I feel like those five years were about seven thousand years, and I feel like the last five years, I mean, are pretty new. I I don't. It is, I think it is amazing a, how quickly you get acclimated to winning. It must be because I just think about all the head coaches we covered, right? And then, you know, I couldn't get mm-hmm. Sean McDermott's name right, and the only playoff year he misses is when his rookie quarterback frankly goes down uh with an injury for four or five games and even then in that year we, we all come away going like well he's not great but he looked like there was something there and he'll have to show improvement and lord have mercy he did um so just kind of a remarkable um thing that i want to you know, we're gonna talk about miami but one of the things that's not in the agenda is just sort of marking you know there this is like a no doubter playoff team now right like it's a no doubter playoff team it's it's frankly a no doubt you well i i should say it's a no doubter josh allen is good team but there was definitely some grumbling even on this podcast from certain people in the middle of the year about what he had to clean up etc (laughs) etc um but i i think that you know don't beat yourself up frank yeah it's right uh (laughs) you know he um He's put together, you know, three excellent seasons in a row, not to mention the fourth season. year back wasn't awful by any stretch. Um, so I guess as we as we talk about this 32 to 29 um, victory over the Dolphins to secure um, the playoffs, uh, we should we should uh, we should reflect because hey, um, say again
2: pay respect
0: pay respect i mean look the first year was like kind of fluky and and i don't blame it was just like a nice curse breaker right they they kind of fall in through the back door they take a year off and then the year after that the three of us are in pittsburgh to watch them clinch a playoff berth you know and it's been the pandemic ever since that's probably contributed to some of this time confusion mm-hmm. um but uh, be- Yeah, before we d- dig too deep into this game, do you have any reflections on the Bills, you know, being a playoff, like a regular playoff team now? Paul, let's go with Paul first.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is, I mean, it's reminiscent of when I first started following football. My first season really was 1987, where I watched the Bills. Apologies to listeners for my gravelly, I have a cold voice. Um. And I remember thinking, oh, this team looks like they're up and coming. I think they finished 7-8 that year. There was a, a game lost to the strike. I remember thinking, boy, they've got this young quarterback and Jim Kelly seems really good. They've got all these great defensive players with Smith and Bennett, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Daryl Talley, Andre Reed on offense. Like They're just like one good running back away, and then they drafted Thurman Thomas. And then most of my football-watching youth, I just got to enjoy how good this team was. And then the 17-year drought happened, and it was a matter of, wow, this is what it's like to, you know, to have to deal with the pain. And now, yeah, like you said, Frank, five times in six years, four years in a row, and you become acclimated very quickly. Like when we were complaining about this team mid-season, a couple of us, um, there was still never any real doubt they'd be a playoff team. We all pretty much felt like they're still going to get there. They beat the Chiefs in Kansas City. They've won a lot of big games. So, yeah, they'll get to the playoffs and – I think this is something we should definitely enjoy while we're in the moment of, because we know from those 17 years, it, it won't last forever. So let's bask in the glory while we can.
2: Um, I think the only thing, um, that I'll add is, is I think we don't, um, you know, and I'm probably as guilty of as much as, as, as anybody is when we're stepping out to consider the bigger kind of, Opportunities and foundations of the franchise, and that you know, we have to capitalize on this year because you know, this is the year that it's all been kind of culminating to, and we went all in with Miller, and we we put ourselves in this position and we don't get opportunities all that much. I guess the one caveat to that that I should probably um it's a positive caveat that you know leaves you feeling good, and that's <laughs> not what I'm usually bringing to this podcast.
0: I was gonna so say just, this this feels a little weird, but
2: it does feel feel free, Frank, to find the flaw in my argument, but um, in this case, I will I will leave it un un unflawed, and say that really it's not an accident. It's it's all about Brandon B, and I think that's someone who we don't talk about nearly enough because day to day, week to week, it's not his team to run the same way that it's McDermott's, or that he doesn't have the biggest impact on it the same way that maybe Allen kind of does. And week to week, the the wins and losses. But if you if you if you want to talk about why the bills are in the playoff five out of the last six years and four uh, and four in a row, a lot of it goes to to Bean and and I don't want to um, diminish obviously that that Allen obviously his growth and his, his productivity and his excellence have been you know is a key key part of that. And if he was great and the rest of the team was garbage, you know we we you know, maybe it's not five out of six, but it's probably at least three out of six or four out of six. Um, but it, but you're scraping in and you're, you know, you're kind of on the edge. Um, you're in that kind of Lamar Jackson mode where you've got, you know, one one great player maybe, but not, yeah. but the rest of the team is, is not really built around him enough. Um, and I think, I think Bean is someone who doesn't, we don't give enough credit to kind of on a weekly basis for, assembling the roster the way he has, um, continuing to tinker, continuing to try and fill gaps. Um, you know, is, is it perfect? No, you know, but at the same time, like given the amount of injuries this team's already had this year, the fact that they're still alive and kicking and and playing playing well, uh, going to the playoffs, um, you know, have a shot at the, have a better shot at the one seed than anyone else in the conference. Um, you know, I think that that really speaks to Bean and his the evaluation um the draft the trades um the, the moves that he didn't make to get rid of guys who might have been performers later um you know but the moves he did make to kind of um you know drop guys who were maybe on their way out really the only one that you can you know, it was maybe two in the last couple of years that you'd say <clears throat> we gave up on too early which is maybe zay jones or maybe maybe uh, wyatt teller but mm-hmm. other than that, I'm not sure that there's a lot of guys who are like, "Oh well, we should have kept him longer," um, and and really a lot of guys that that are on the team are finds that that no one could have expected to find. Whether it's your Dane Jacksons or your um, you know your Milanos, you know, yeah. fifth round guy, you know, should be a Pro Bowler. We'll Get to that later. Um, but I, I think a lot of that goes to to Bean, and, and I think that's a sign that. That this can continue going forward, once we get into the Allen big contract years and things are going to get tighter money wise, and even potentially after the Allen years, if Bean still wants to keep doing it and doesn't lose his edge that that he's got right now, um, you know, it it could go on for a while. That's something to be happy about.
0: Yeah, I mean, if he when he wins all ten of those Super Bowls, it's going to be kind of hard to to get Mm -hmm. yourself out of bed in the morning and and try. But Mm -hmm. um, my guess is he'll draft a new GM at that point, and it'll be perfect. Uh, but I think that's a that's a great comment, and I'm surprised it came from you, and not just <laughs> because it was positives. I mean the the uh, Eastern Standard Time has has done wonders for your disposition. What can I say? Um, but I feel like sometimes with us, you know, it's it, we can we can all get into the rut of well, why don't we have seven safeties that are good? Jaquan Jones is terrible, or whatever. You know, like yeah, Dem I hate Demar Hamlin. You know, uh, but you, you know, like he's also, you know, he wasn't shy about going back to get and, and getting Dean Marlowe or or Cole Beasley, or uh, if if he felt like that was gonna Jack work. Jack
1: Lawson, Jordan Phillips. I was gonna know, name bring the back good players. Yeah,
0: I was, you know, um, and 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 you know, it's like you said, Milano and Dane Jackson, and probably hopefully, knock on wood, Christian Benford, who looked excellent. Uh, you know, for a rookie. And you know, it didn't look Sauce Gardner good, but he looked like he certainly hadn't been drafted in the sixth round. Um, So absolutely, all while sort of maintaining what I thought would be that tricky culture sort of thing of the right guys wanting to win the right way. You know, I remember this season began with them having this very tortured and hard uh, protracted issue about a punter, you know, that was like mm. truly a gruesome sort of thing. And, you know, I mean, I, I said it at the time, there was three or four people who couldn't wait to write the, um, you know, Buffalo can't be trusted and they didn't do the, they, I don't know. They seem to have done the right thing. I feel like I can trust them to run a football organization and, y- you know, they, they sort of excise that judiciously and carefully, and nobody's talking about, not having the punt god um, on the team, you know, everybody's very focused on. Gosh, this is the next guy. You know, Cole Beasley came in, and we'll talk about it. he made a catch. So, <laughs> you know, not, anyway, not the what, six to
1: seven you predicted he would. Just to call you out on that. From that's, fair.
0: So, that's fair. That's <laughs> fair. but I didn't pick the
1: Dolphins to win. So um, fair. That is also Ooh. equally fair.
0: Right. Uh, but bef- so the Bills win the game, thirty-two to twenty-nine, in what should have been the Snow Bowl, and it wasn't. There was, there was great rejoicing in the salty, salty Dolphins' tears um, as they cried about snowballs. And uh, Mike McDaniel looks pretty fucking stoned at halftime when he was talking about stuff not mattering. I um, don't know that he was stoned. I'm saying he appeared to me. It was in my opinion that he appeared to be stoned. Uh, but before we talk too much, I want to give out um, honorary mentions, I, if it's all right with Scott, to um, two entities – one, uh, the light horse in Alexandria, Virginia, that hosted us, and also us, because we watched a football game together, uh, live, and they didn't lose. And that's, th- th- those can be tricky. Those can be tricky, and so we didn't jinx it. And the, the lighthouse in uh, in Alexandria is an excellent Bills backer bar, Alexandria, Virginia. We had an, a great time. Um, the crowd was energetic, and the bar was full, and um everybody sang along when I did the shout song. Uh, but
1: except the not, dolphin, the two dolphins fans there. The I only saw the, marine.
0: Oh yeah. And then the other guy was like trying to pretend like he wasn't a dolphins fan. He had no colors on, but he would like, he got really smart mouth and then he disappeared at the end of the game. At least the, the guy in the Marino Jersey, he didn't seem like a dick or anything. He just was like, I'm going to come watch the bills game here or the, the right. dolphins game here. Um, but Allen, 25 of 40, yards, four touchdowns. Um, No interceptions, uh, despite a horrible third quarter where they lose Mitch Morse to a concussion. Um, You know, I know the Bills win by three and they were trailing throughout most of the fourth quarter and it was certainly a close game, but I feel like the only thing that really stopped the Bills' offense was line confusion while they tried to reshuffle that line. And I felt like that was sort of the thing because when when the chips were down and they, they needed two drives and a stop, that's exactly what they got, including a six-minute drive in the snow to end the game. I mean, it was masterful. Really, the Dolphins had no answer. A, a, a timely pass interference call at the end. I won't say a, a lucky or a, a uh, you know—the the, the, screwing over of the Dolphins call. Certainly, they, there was one or two calls earlier in the game that probably the Dolphins fans have some issue with, but that was a clear pass interference. Um, heads up uh situational awareness to to sit down on the ground by Devin Singletary and not score a touchdown um and allow Tyler Bass to kick the game winner uh they they a lot of really good things come out of this game um certainly some issues with the dolphins scoring uh you know two attack Viola, 17 to 30 for 234 yards and two touchdowns and and I had Told Scott all about how great the fucking defense was, uh, the run defense was, and you know, 17 carries for 136 yards by Raheem uh, Mostert and um, Ahmed with the rushing touchdown. Uh, So that was, that was, um, that was that. Uh, You know, but let's go to Scott first to get some uh, opinions on this game. But uh, you know, keeping in mind the Bills win the game. There's good things that happen, and uh, you know they advance to their 11th win of the year.
2: Um, yeah, no, I mean it was um, it was a fun time, you know, a roller coaster game. Um, we've had a, we've had a couple of those uh, more recently, but nice to see the Bills continue to come out on top. Um, I think it's a good it's it's a bit. Um, the, the only thing that bothers me I think really was the the running and the run defense um mostert um, clearly had seams and gaps and a lot of a lot of of, of running room when he wanted it um, that's not great but I think the bills obviously still able to score effectively um you know kind of able to to minimize that I think the only other thing i'll say on offense is I think the the Morse injury isn't one that we can That's the one that's really concerning me in the the sense of him already having the history with the concussions on the interior offensive line already, um, banged up with Bates injured with Butker kind of now potentially working back in. I know Bates, I think, was practicing yesterday, so that's good. At least limited. So I think that means they're on the right track. Excuse me. (laughs) It's odd. I'm usually not yawning um, when I'm doing this on the England
0: time. I'm sorry. Are we boring you? just kidding <laughs> <laughs> i'm boring
2: myself um but so but that that's just a big shot to the depth um, to the depth um if morse is out for any long period of time plus the fact that morse is 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 a such a, a great contributor on the team as we'll get to later and b he, we are kind of in in with him um we were talking about the contract situation i think it's pretty much a big cap hit next yeah. year if he if he's so we can't really cut him but if he retires that's I mean that obviously he's got to do what's best for him, but at the same time that that leaves now a, a bigger hole for us to fill in terms of the draft for the free agency. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a problem for after the season, but I guess um, in terms of this game, I think um, lots of good things for the Bills. Obviously, I'll say um, the, the Allen's performance definitely um, another you know another you know he had some unicorn plays. Um, the the 40-something-yard yeah. run late, um, really, you don't see him kind of um, run as fast as he can sometimes. It seems like a lot of times he knows what he's doing. He's he's conscious. He doesn't want to get a big hit. He doesn't want to get lit up. He's just trying to get a first down and then get what he can after that. He was very clear on the on the, the, the call in the fourth quarter when we were um, trying to make the drive at the end to win the game that he knew he needed to get all the yards he could and he just he he went for it and i it's it's weird to see him kind of run not out of control but with with little regard for himself or um or or trying to be smart and situational awareness really just i'm just going to run this mother effort as fast as i can um so that was pretty cool to see Uh,
0: the uh, the other unicorn play of course scott and i'll uh I'll transition to Paul here so you can get a cup of coffee really quickly. But um was, you know, the touchdown to end the first half where there's eight seconds left and there's no timeouts, and yeah. the whole bar is screaming at him, like, you know, and he, he throws another dart touchdown at the sideline, this time with no time left on the like it was over. It was now touchdown or nothing. And I was just yeah. sort of like a You, you failed the and- mission
2: on some level, but you, you still somehow.
0: Yeah, he failed the mission and won the war. It was kind of like (laughs) a... Right. It was definitely supposed to be a, you know, one, two, three, four throw um, into the end zone, and that didn't happen, and he didn't really feel comfortable throwing it away, and instead you end up with another ridiculous, how did you even see him touchdown? Um, Paul, I'll just mention briefly, and just to put a bow in it, Mm -hmm. we don't have to talk about it, uh, Morse's dead hit numbers, uh, dead cap numbers are... $5 $5 million and, two and a half million over the next two years, which are substantially lower than his $11 million cap hits over those two years if he plays. Certainly, I would prefer the man play and he's healthy, um, but something to think about with regards to his health and if he retires or if the Bills want to move on from him, um, he might be a cap casualty. Let's put a pin in that for the end of the year. Um, but why don't you give us your impressions of the game? Because we, we got a lot to get through, so let's let's keep going here. We do,
1: yes. And I did make this team Bill's headlines five headlines because we got okay. a stacked uh, agenda. So, yeah, I think, yeah, that play at the end of the half is like it's your first guess in Wordle, and you guess Xerox. Uh, you know, like that's going to do any good. <laughs> and it happens to be correct. That was the James Cook play. That was the absolute last thing you need to do in that situation you see everyone covered, you fired out of the back of the end zone, you send Tyler Bass out. That is really the only thing you should do if everyone is covered uh, on your when you go through your progressions. Uh, so, yeah, terrible, terrible move, but a unicorn play that only, I, I'd want to say only Josh could make, but the thing is we can't even say, oh, we've never seen him do that for because he did it to Gabe Davis, what, two, three weeks ago. So Last it's week. Just, yeah. Was it last week it against the Jets? It was last season? week. <laughs> Lordy, this guy, man. Um, <laughs> Yeah, my, my, you know, starting with the positives, uh, We and one Scott didn't mention on the Bills' last drive, all of a sudden Devin Singletary was a, the running back you needed him to be. Uh, a little disappointed. We didn't see that much in the first three quarters, but that last drive was a six-minute uh, game-winning t- clock-killing drive because they didn't have to depend on Josh and the, the passing game the whole time. He made his great big plays, as always, made some key third-down passes, but that, a lot of that was Devin Singletary doing a great job at keeping the chains moving when, when he had to with picking up regular gains. So good job by the run offense and the clutch. That was nice to see. Really, that whole second quarter uh, was was the Bills at their best in, in all aspects. So that was great to see. Uh, yeah, the problem the run defense, you know, that is concerning because they seem to be successfully running between the tackles, outside the tackles, just about everywhere they wanted to. And, again, it's Raheem Mostert. It's, it's not— it's so funny to me that this team it just completely bottled up Derrick Henry, completely bottled up Nick Chubb, uh, bottled up Dalvin Cook, except for one run, uh, which was of course huge, but he made it out there. But bringing Raheem Mostert, a journeyman who had maybe two career hundred-yard games in his career, I think, is thirty years old, and that's that's the guy they can't stop. So, you know, they hopefully they figure out their, you know, Leslie Frazier's yeah. in there scheming with them, yeah, trying to improve that. I mean, that um, must have that must have been on some level
0: trying to keep a lid on waddle hill and gasecki right like it must have been we can't yeah it i think you're right side.
1: because the bill they is something it was we also tackling
0: the... it wasn't like it was also tackling right but oh yeah there yeah. was some
1: terrible i mean a lot of missed tackle for crying out loud right. how often do you see that like yes yeah, um, right and some of the other guys missed them and yeah to to your point frank one thing that we don't talk about much on the pod but others have mentioned is the teams do a lot to try and get the bills out of nickel to try and get teron johnson off the field and maybe bring aj klein in and the bills just will not do it yeah. uh they know they're going to lose a bit in the running game but they trust teron too much in the in the pass defense and he proves why when he completely several times i think he defended two third down passes or consecutive passes mm-hmm. to stop a mm-hmm. Miami drive mm-hmm. so that's why it's worth having on the field if you give up a little bit in the run so that was a, a plus to see as well um hey big picture it's it was a game against miami you didn't really want to get swept by this team this puts you in the driver's seat for the division you dealt with some really crummy weather in that last sequence i think overall it was kind of funny if if this were an uneventful week we could focus on the fourth and 12 decision by mcdaniel to punt with six minutes left because you think oh your odds of making a fourth and 12 are low but you could get a defensive penalty the weather conditions are weird you might have a defender slip but you give the ball to the Bills at their five-yard line with six minutes never left. You know it again. that team can just take that, run that clock all the way down. You'll never see the ball again. And that's exactly what happened. So, you know, just such a talented team. Uh, great game to watch. And, yeah, overall, so, so much fun watching that with you guys on Saturday.
0: I, I think about that, too, and how I know, like, the two-point conversion before doesn't matter from a points perspective, because you still win by one if you get the field goal. It doesn't change the plan. But I think it must take the pressure out of some of your head, right? Like, you just need to get it, especially once— Yeah, absolutely.
1: What's the worst thing that can happen? You missed field goal, and then you're going into overtime. Well,
0: you would would think that, but we're going to talk about a game where about what the worst thing could happen is in a tie game in the closing seconds of the game. (laughs) But what's the worst thing that's probably going to happen to the Bills— I guess even that might bring up the horror of the Vikings. But once you get the drive going and you're in field goal range, now it's like they really clearly focused on all of a sudden. You're right. Devin Singletary stepped up. Everybody pushed to get him running yardage. They forced, they didn't make anything stupid. And they just like absolutely, you know, didn't have to think about, well, we have to get down there because we're going to lose if we don't. So I think it changes the mindset. But let's get to um, the three stars, including AFC Offensive Player of the Week, Josh Allen. Um, once again, uh, the 10th time, I believe, uh, for him. So two and a half months worth of being the best player um, in his career. That's pretty awesome. And uh, mm-hmm. Scott, let's give him... How dare you presume that
2: he made three stars?
0: Well, I don't presume. <laughs> I'm saying it's time to find out if he's really... You know, okay. worth his it's salt. Yeah.
2: Exactly. Yeah. Um, all right. So honorable mentions. Um, Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle. Hill had nine catches for 69 yards of the touchdown. Waddle had three catches for one touchdown. Obviously, uh broken coverage. Obviously mm-hmm. helped out Waddle on his big catch. Um, we were dissecting that at the bar. It seems like Poyer had, had kind of ended up in the wrong spot there um but what lotto obviously makes the catch and makes the pay for it uh excuse me Tyree hill um again you know trey had his had his moments against against hill and i'll give an honorable mention to him as well um he was able to break one or two up but uh, but uh hill had beat him on one or two as well um so that that kind of battle continues um, trey had three tackles and obviously was targeted a number of times in the game and did have a couple of passes as well so good good job by him um honorable mentions also go to um dos no, no start uh to Devin singletary for grinding out that that last drive um you know only 42 yards on the day uh running in 28 uh receiving but still uh still a good game from him and then i think i think that's it for the honorable mentions that i was going to um Your, oh no, there was one more. It was this guy, Zach Sealer, who had a sack and two TFL um, and some QB hits. And on a Miami defense that has no shortage of talent, he was the one who actually seemed to have the most productivity uh, on Sunday in terms of getting home. Jalen Phillips obviously had a nice game as well with the forced fumble, um, but luckily that didn't end up hurting the Bills too much. Um, on to your third star uh third star is Dawson Knox as I mentioned six catches for 98 yards of touchdown um uh, kind of a reminder you know again we had uh, something we talked about briefly uh, during the game and I think we tweeted out as well a couple other people noticed with James Cook and Quentin Morris and Naheem Hines all catching touchdowns um Dawson Knox not not kind of as obscure as as those guys i feel like uh if we're doing this day in bill's history five years from now if, if we can get one of those guys i'll be surprised <laughs> but uh dawson knox um a li- hopefully we'll we'll hear more from him in his career as a buffalo bill um but but a nice kind of return to good form for him um, leading the bills in catches yards and obviously had to touchdown as well um, in addition to his uh, regular good blocking um so your second star does go to raheem Mostert. Who uh, 17 catches for 17 carries for 136 yards, as well as uh, one catch for 20. Um, again, the, lots of lots of big holes, um, some busted, blown tackles from the Bills as well. But I think at the same time, Mostert gets a lot of credit, um, and if it wasn't for, I think Teron Johnson um, making the correct decision to horse collar tackle him down. Um, probably would have had a touchdown in that. Yeah, in that, that was that, that was
1: a potential game saving horse collar tackle. Well done, Teron. Right, take yeah. the penalty um, and the fine.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And 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 good job um, to to him as well uh, for having again those two prospects as well. Um, but your first star is reserved for Mr. Josh Allen, twenty five forty, three hundred forty yards, four touchdowns, um, ten carries, and seventy seven yards as well. Um, obviously had the had the, the fumble on, on the Phillips hit where he, again, should he was probably expecting to have another half second and was already ready ready to throw, but Phillips beat him there in a half half a step. Um, you know Phillips obviously a, a great play a fast guy, um, but otherwise almost a perfect game for now in terms of uh, really what more could you expect from a guy when Singletary was not really doing much for most of the game, and and uh, the the Dolphins doing a lot of focusing on takes slow it down, but uh, a great job by Josh. Spreading it out to everybody else.
0: Stars. He's fifty of the sixty nine plays. Either throwing or rushing. I it's, he's just the whole yeah. offense. I think if you're making the Josh Allen MVP argument, that's where it starts. Right? He's excellent overall, you know, maybe arguably Hertz is more efficient or Mahomes is something, but like I think you would have to start Allen as saying He's up in that echelon, and he's kind of the whole offense in a lot of ways. He has enough talent around him to make them an, a good team. He's not Lamar Jackson, to Scott's point, but anyway, we're not making that case today. We're just mentioning it. Um, okay, so this week was nuts. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna mention just some of the games, okay, and then we don't add, we can't talk about all of these. No. The, the 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 reign of the Bills having the largest comeback in NFL history uh, is over. I still think it's the greatest because they had to do it in the playoffs against a very good team. Um, but they had the benefit of being at home. Like the Vikings did too. Anyway, the Vikings come from 33 down instead of 32 down, literally 33 to nothing to win 39-36 against the Colts. And, of course, you would think that's the craziest game. Um, but <laughs> you would have missed – the Chiefs and Texans going to overtime with the Chiefs squeaking out a win. You would have missed the Jaguars putting 40 on the Cowboys to win 40 to 34 in overtime. You would have missed um, the Raiders and Patriots in the single weirdest fucking ending to a game I've ever seen in my life, um, wherein they were tied at 24. And then, for some reason, the, the Patriots felt like they needed to do a hook and lateral from about the 40 um, to try and get it all the way down the field. They ultimately throw it back to Mac Jones, who's terrible. If
1: only they'd thrown it back to Mac Jones. I guess. They didn't but, point get it to Mac.
0: Right. And so uh, the guy picks it up, pancakes Jones, and the Raiders score on the Patriots trying to win the game.
2: Um, Chandler Jones.
0: No less. Chandler Long Jones, time thank Patriot. you, yes.
2: Long time Patriot Jones.
0: Right. Absolutely just, you know, posterized Mac Jones at the end of a ridiculous play for which there is no answer as to what they were thinking. Um And I feel like the Bengals coming back to beat the Buccaneers is also yeah. up there because at least as a Bills fan, that game and the, the I mean, look, I never had any the Houston the Houston and Kansas City game was annoying because it gave us just enough hope that something stupid might happen and you could steal a game from the the Chiefs. But, like, ultimately, there should have been no real reason to think that they would win, right? But, like, the Bucs were kind of up on the Bengals, and I thought, well, good, maybe they can put away the Bengals. Much like I thought, okay, maybe the Colts can put away the Vikings because I'm kind of sick of the Vikings. I hate the Vikings— I, I, nobody in the universe thinks they're a good team and (laughs) except (laughs) some people in Minnesota, apparently anyway, um, you know, Eagles squeak out one against the bears. It it was a very tight and close and competitive week in football. Um, if you have comments on it, I know Paul wanted to discuss this. Um, please mention them and then we'll move on to kind of the, the, the bill stuff.
1: Yeah, I think I will say this on the Patriots-Raiders game. Uh, the Bills, and we have witnessed some some of these in person uh, or, or watching the games together, have had some of the most team doing unreally stupid things to crap the bed and lose a game. They have never, ever, ever done an unreal stupid thing to lose a game that will ever rival uh, what the Patriots did on, on Sunday. There's just no way. That was... By far the dumbest thing I've ever seen. To quote, I think it was Scott Zolak, the Pats announcer. Um, I retweeted for those who follow us on Twitter the win probability charts for four of the games on Sunday. I won't go through each of them. Um, obviously, the Colts one, you know, is is notable. The Vikings and and Colts one notable. The Buccaneers game that Frank just mentioned uh, was a key one, and then the Jacksonville-Dallas game where I think Jacksonville was or Dallas had ninety. 4% odds are better to win it for almost that entire game up until the Jaguars' fierce comeback in the fourth. But the Patriots-Raiders game, the Raiders had over a 90% chance to win that game in the third quarter. Then the Patriots had over a 90% chance to win that game in the middle of the fourth quarter, and then late in the fourth quarter, and then all hell broke loose. Didn't even talk about the Washington-New York Giants game, where there were two absurd penalties, one called to against Washington, and one that was not called against the Giants on the last two plays of the game when they were attempting a fierce comeback. This was, it was a good week to just sit back and and especially with all these Sunday games, it's just sit back and enjoy those games without the pressure of worrying about the Bills game. But um, all Frank made it, the only other point I wanted to make on the games, almost every game was, was closed this week. And I think that just can be a symptom of the season's going on, there's a lot of film on everyone at this point. Uh, teams are going to do what's best, try and, you know, it, I have a little better idea of what goes to their advantage. So you're going to see a lot more tight games. I think, correct me if I'm wrong, I think 10 points was the largest margin of victory. No, excuse me, 11 points. The Bengals over the, or 12 points, Packers over Rams. So 12 points, the largest, largest margin of victory. So it's a really fun week.
0: Yeah, it was a, it was a crazy week of football. Um, and I'm glad the Bills came out of it with a victory. I'd like to move on, unless Scott has something. In- I, I'm thinking Scott doesn't have much to say, but Scott, if you do, you can in- in- interject it in the next thing. Um, but the Bills have four Pro Bowlers. Let's do the Pro Bowlers and um the injuries all together, right? So get- the Bills have Allen and Diggs and um Jordan Poyer and then Mitch Morse, all Pro Bowlers. So. Um, no, or sorry, Jordan Poirier, the only defensive, um, player much to the, I think, I think Matt Milano needs to be a pro bowler. Yeah. I, I, uh, there's no logical
1: explanation for him not being a pro bowler. I just get so irritated. I think, um,
0: I'm a little surprised Von Miller's not on the list unless his injury disqualified him. I think that might be, Yeah, I think they knew since people. he wasn't
1: playing, they didn't put him on there.
0: Okay. Um, but you know other than that i don't have any arguments because i don't really think um I, again we talked about morse's value to the team i'm always surprised when a lineman makes it because i never know how people decide that like when they vote it like when especially when fans vote it i i just feel like nobody's really versed well enough in watching linemen or at least i don't ever feel like i'm versed enough but i'm happy because i think morse is an excellent center and. Uh, you know, case in point on, on uh, when they lost in mid game, it was, it was confusing there for a while. Um, You know, I, you know, this all dovetails into the injuries as well, um, which is, you know, Morse has a concussion. He has not practiced this week. I would not think he's playing against the bears. Um, Also Jordan Poyer and Boogie Basham did not practice Jordan Poyer with a knee injury and Boogie Basham with a calf. I don't know that the knee is new for Jordan Poyer. I can't remember if he had that before. Um, so I'm not particularly worried. Worried. Limited was Milano Bates, uh, Jordan Phillips, who's now moved up to 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 limited. Um, Oliver with a calf, and George, uh, Josh Allen with elbow. Josh Allen's elbow is has been Josh Allen's elbow since it since he he banged it, um, and that's just gonna. They've made clear like he's just gonna kind of be dealing with that for until season's over. Um, but on the whole. The only other thing to keep note of with regards to that is that the Bills will be flying out a day early to avoid the bomb cyclone. I guess we're getting another one of those. Um, so they can get to Chicago. They're going to practice first on Thursday and then fly out, which um, I guess they feel good about because I thought I had seen that it, it might even start Thursday night. But it doesn't really start until um, I, they feel comfortable being able to fly then. So, um <coughs> Scott, injuries and pro bowlers. What do you make of all those of people I just said?
2: Um, yeah, those are a lot of names. Um, yeah, I think Milano, I, I'm looking at the, the linebacker list for the AFC. So just to be clear, it's Roquan Smith now with Baltimore. Not a bad player, but I think Milano's got a better a better resume and a better kind of profile on a better team. Not that that should matter terribly, but it kind of does sometimes. Uh, C.J. Mosley, obviously a really good linebacker, made a very stupid play uh, two weeks ago, but but also had some good plays in that game as well. Um, T.J. Watt, my boy, um, but obviously you know kind of uh, been a bit banged up. I I don't know what
1: injured a lot this year. Only four sacks, you know.
2: Uh, Khalil Mack. On the Chargers, obviously a good player, um, and Matt Judon, another another good player. But I don't. I if you're asking me, uh, does Matt Milano could he ch- kick off one of those guys on that list? Yeah, I think he can. I think he's better than some of those guys. Um, and for your Von Miller's um, uh, selection, that is Miles Garrett, Max Crosby, and Trey Hendrickson. And I feel like I feel like any of those Von Miller would be just good. So I, I'm not sure why he didn't make it on there. Um, yeah, and I'm uh, in terms of the injuries, I think it's obviously we're we're getting to the point of the season where we really need to get some of these guys resting. So that's why it's it's important to, to keep playing, and and make sure that we do everything we can to get that that one week bye because um, we're very close to the point where we're not going to. You know, obviously Kansas City knows that as well. And they're going to keep coming. If We keep winning games, we'll be all right. We get that first round bye. but but we gotta. Get some of these guys healthy too and if that means morse has got to sit this week okay um but i know in general the rest of the team has to keep playing because we really just can't can't take a letdown game now against chicago so right um, that's awesome
0: well i don't think there's any plan for them to blink i think that they sort of you know maybe that hopefully i'm knocked on wood they're they're locked in and know where they've been in past years compared to this year and uh you know they'll they'll have to keep the pressure on um Paul, any more thoughts on on that, or do you want to move on to questions?
1: I'll just be very brief and note that, yeah, Scott mentioned some of the big names at linebacker. I think those are all big names. Some of them have had good seasons, but a lot of it's name recognition. Yeah, Milano definitely deserves to be in that group. Uh, On the injury front, uh, very similarly, uh, Mitch Morris with a concussion. It's number six, and that, of course, makes me worry about his long-term health. We discussed the implications of that earlier. I worry it could be like history repeating itself with Eric Wood, who had a Pro Bowl year right after they signed him to – the year after they signed him to a big extension, and then he had to retire, and then there was the dead cap space. So, uh, obviously, I hope Mitch Morse does what's best for him uh, health-wise. He's certainly not going to play this week, I, I don't think, like you you noted, Frank. Um, so, yep. Um, okay, congratulations to Diggs Allen and uh, Poyer for making it. I,
0: I'm sort of hopeful that um, this will be a – Good week. I don't know that the Bears have a great pass rusher or anything, right? They don't. They're they're not no. They don't have much. They've got a guy named Fields, and that's the entirety of their that's team. That's what I sort of. I'm quickly yeah. going through to make sure I'm not saying something terribly stupid, but I I don't know that they have a very good defense. So it might be a good week, if you've got to learn how to, you know, adjust your line. Maybe the NFC game is the right game to kind of have that fall yeah they 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 have a pretty terrible point differential anyway so we'll leave it we'll leave it there for now um okay so i it's question time with the fans but i asked a question this time um because i got involved in a conversation with a dolphins fan who was talking about how their strength of schedule was really impressive and to be fair they apparently have a very strong strength of schedule i think playing the bills twice will do that to you um but their strength of victory is not great um, because they've just sort of beaten the bad teams and lost to the good teams. So what's the point of crowing about or, or using that as a crutch if you haven't done anything um, you know with regards to beating good teams? Um, you know so I did some stuff you can you can find it under uh, you know FARC 101 on Twitter where I did some math and it's weird. We calculate, the NFL calculates strength of schedule and strength of victory differently. They take strength of schedule, they add up all the wins and losses and kind of come up with a composite average for the, your schedule. But for strength of victory, they take the teams that have won and they, they do an average of their winning percentage. They don't add up, and you so it, it actually makes things weird because Jacksonville I would have thought the biggest strength of victory you could have would be the same as the strength of schedule because if you beat everybody then they they ought to match but that's not the case because Jacksonville has a bigger strength of victory than their strength of schedule this is all very boring I'm sorry but like I, I got interested in it and I, <laughs> and anyway I came up with something where I just I just took the percentage of wins that you could get and and did it that way where I was like okay and what I could sh- what I could look at was like yeah, there, there are teams that are bad, and then there are teams like Las Vegas, which have a bad record, and they have a weak schedule. <laughs> um, and so you kind of think that they're worse than other things. Anyway, that is a long way to get to my question, um, which is what I pose to people in a poll, and I'm going to pose it to Scott and Paul. Um, which of the following—it it actually dovetails nicely with, um, with uh, Michael's question— are you excited or annoyed by the prospect of Buffalo's ascension in the AFC East as being met by some stiff competition from most of the rest of the division? Would you like more repeats of last season or do you want to see more grueling games like we've had this one? Um dovetailing with my question, you know, all three of the AFC East teams are still alive for the last spot. Which of the which of the following, you know, do you want to see least? And so you can choose the Dolphins, Scott. You want to see the Dolphins the least. You can choose the Patriots the least. Or you can choose the Mike White New York Jets or the Zach Wilson New York Jets. I'm going to give you some leeway with the Jets. Um, You know, Zach Wilson weirdly beat the Bills, but I feel like most people don't think he's a good quarterback and people are less sure about Mike White, or at least he has that weird journeyman level to him, even though he lost to the Bills. Um... Obviously, the Bills have already split with the Dolphins, and then you have the Patriots. Um, I tend to think that the the Patriots are well. I, I want to see what you guys say, and then I'll tell you what uh, maybe next year Nation said.
1: I I thought Scott might answer this one first. Oh, okay. I think he's on mute. Yeah, Scott, you are on mute.
2: Yes, and asleep. I was uh, I was going to say the Mike White uh, Jets. And then I said it, and then I was on mute, and I said okay. it again. Um, I have been on record as saying that they, I think that they are scrappy good, and I think we had to work to beat them uh, a couple weeks ago, I think, uh, or two weeks ago, whatever it was. I think uh, if we played the Dolphins again, I feel like I'm, I'm, I get that they're not probably as bad as I maybe think that they are, but I am not. Terribly concerned that in a playoff game with a lot of things on the line, that they would just kind of come unglued and not make the plays that they need to. So I'm I would I will take the Mike White checks as well. Okay, the team that I don't want to play in the playoffs. Sure, yeah, I think we're I'll acknowledging the- that.
0: Go oh, go ahead, Paul. I was just going to say quickly. We're it's a good question because it's they're 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 all kind of a a tough out at this point. So you know, no disrespect to any Dolphins fans
1: listening. Yeah, and, and I'll be the dissenter here, although 20 of our 25 voters went with this vote too. And I, I will say the Dolphins, simply because I, I feel like the Bills had a lot of advantages on uh, in Saturday night's game, and it was still a grind. And the Dolphins seemed to have a good game plan. They executed it fairly well, and the Bills end up with a, escaping with a three-point win. And when you have a two-point loss and a three-point win to a team during the regular season and the games were as close as the score indicates, that. That's the team that frightens me most. I I think the Jets is is you guys both noted they they're scrappy. They have that uh, a, a great defense. Uh, Sauce Gardner, rookie Pro Bowl cornerback now, um, C.J. Mosley. They they've just they're they're pretty well stacked defensively. They can do some things on offense when they have Mike White efficiently running it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't want to see them in the playoffs, which I'm on record as saying. But uh, I don't know after watching the Dolphins game on Saturday night, I think I'm a little more cautious of them. The Patriots, it's it's tough to know what's making the Patriots right now.
0: Yeah, I, I think the Patriots and you gave away the the plot there a little bit. Uh, the Dolphins were the runaway choice, and I was, you know, I'm wondering Sorry. if that's a little bit of no, it's fine. I'm wondering if that's a little bit of recency bias, but they certainly played tough, and so I'm not going to dispute the results. Um, the Patriots. You're not Elon were, Musk. No, Sorry. not at all. V- uh, Vox populi on this bo- on this podcast. Eighty <laughs> percent um, chose the Dolphins. Uh, 16% agreed with Scott, and I think I'm gonna side with Scott here and say the Mike White Jets. Um, I for exactly the reasons you said, I feel like the matchup is harder, um, defense to offense. Uh, and the although I still think like the Jets' biggest problem would be to score points, so I don't know. Um, and then the Patriots have four percent. Nobody chose the Zach Wilson uh, Jets. Um, nobody of the 25 people, and and how about that? 25 people uh, listen and participated in in a poll that we did. So that's kind of crazy. Um, yeah, I don't even know what to do with that, you weirdos. Uh, so anyway, yeah, he's. I'm looking for a chart, but I can't find it. I gotta stop looking. I'm gonna give up on it now. Um, okay, so I yeah, I I think that I'm more concerned. I, I what I will say is this year, I believe. It's not that I don't think the Dolphins could be troublesome. It's just that I believe in the Dol- in the the Jets defense is more real than I believe the Dolphins offense is real. You know, they're they're more solid to me. Yeah. And I think that that's exactly the defense you're going to get. It's going to be that hard every time. Whereas with the Dolphins, I really think you're kind of like one or two accidental plays away from like absolutely burying the Dolphins. I like they have a lot of things they that and weapons and stuff that moves around and I think that like they're they're kind of held together with a little bit of rubber cement at this point. Um
1: Yeah, and to bolster your argument, think of the Bills Patriots last year. First game of the regular season, crazy win game, Pats win. Second game, grueling battle in New England. Bills end up coming out with a win even though they were never had by more than a score until I think the last, uh, minute of the game. Uh, and it could be, and then look at the playoffs, like what happened in the playoffs when they met. Yeah. So that could be a Bill's dolphins playoff situation.
0: They were ready. Um, for the, the only other person to list out there, their full list, uh, George said that the Finns are posers, the Pats, it's the pass. So we would punish them. And then the jets either wet or Wilson, it would be nice for white to make the playoffs in the same for Wilson, uh, Neither will be a full starter much in their career. However, the Salah comments, we will see them again, puts me off the Jets. So he got spooked by Salah. Um, there you go. The,
1: uh, this day in Bill's headlines. And then, let, then let's do uh, the yeah. preview. Quick preview. Uh, we did have one other question, but it's a very quick one we can do from Maddie Asks oh. us pod question. Did this just retire the Jets' butt fumbles, the funniest thing ever, being the Patriots play? Oh, man. Quick poll. I gotta say no for funniest.
0: <laughs> Nothing's ever gonna beat yeah. a butt fumble for making me laugh. Yeah, it's easily yeah. the strangest loss. Maybe I, I. It's on the Rushmore of strangest, craziest loss, up with that like famous clip of is it the Eagles with Herm Edwards and they like hand off the ball. It's like why everybody yeah. kneels now at yeah. the end of the game. Yes, yeah, they, yeah,
1: the miracle at the Meadowlands. Yeah,
0: yes, right. Um, anyway. I I can't say it's it's funnier. No.
1: Yeah, I I think the only way in which it's funnier is the shot in Freudistic way. But I'm going to say the butt fumble remains the funniest.
2: I think butt fumble is still funny. Is still funnier, but it is closer than I think you think because the idea of Mac Jones like attempting to tackle Chandler Chandler Jones (laughs) like that's pretty hilarious. You know that was that was enjoyable. See and that. then you that's, add in the like,
0: layers of like, this is Bill Belichick, Mr. Sun Tzu, like the best coach in the universe, like who's, you know, mm-hmm. has a losing record without Tom Brady. So, you know what I'll say? I think this is more of like a curb your enthusiasm funny versus butt fumble <laughs> is absolutely like a Big Bang Theory funny. And big, so big which, funny. I'll tell you, like, there are plenty of times like the Big Bang Theory makes me laugh out loud and I'm watching Curb and I go, yeah, that's funny. That, like, that's so fucking funny that he did that and i'm like not actually laughing but
1: i acknowledge <laughs> that it's funny <laughs> versus yeah anyway all right into this day and bills headlines we go then uh it is december 21st uh five only five headlines this week we had a lot to talk about and again i got a cold i didn't feel like doing research uh so here we go mm-hmm. 2017 Pro Bowl voting can be a joke sometimes, Bills running back Blank says. Fullback may be a position of decreased importance in today's NFL, but it's not so obscure that it explains what happened in the AFC Pro Bowl results. Blank has not played fullback for the Bills all season, but that didn't stop him from being named a Pro Bowl alternate at the position, even ahead of Patrick DeMarco, who actually plays fullback for the Bills. (laughs) Was this Frank Gore? Nope, no, it was the year before Gore. Oh, okay. It says uh, DeMarco, DeMarco, who has been invited to the Pro Bowl in the past, declined to talk about the topic Wednesday and was clearly upset about the situation. Blank said he spoke with DeMarco about it. It's not something that he's happy about, Blank said, but I mean, I don't control it, he doesn't control it. Coach always says, control it, you can control, and we had nothing to do with it.
0: So who was the... Oh, Paul, Scott, who was the Jets running back we had for a minute?
1: Um, oh, you're thinking of Chris Ivory, which is not the answer.
0: All right. I'm trying to think of like a, rain, a, a name recognition running back.
1: Yeah, I didn't paste the whole article in my notes, but it did say something. It did make a note which would help you guys, which is that the previous season for, before he came to Buffalo, he was in Carolina, and he played 50% of his snaps at fullback and 50% at halfback, approximately. And he'd been with Carolina for a while before he came over to Buffalo. So one of the... Uh, being McDermott, Carolina guys. Mm. Only one year with the uh, Bills. What's what that, Scott?
2: I'm not getting it.
1: I'm not, yeah. I'm not seeing it in my home. All right. It is, the answer is Mike Tolbert. Oh, Mike, Mike Tolbert. Tolbert. All right. think uh, a little more optimistic on this one, a little more of a name. Uh, 2013, Bills safety blank ruled out versus Dolphins. Blank was hurt in Buffalo's win Sunday over the Jacksonville Jaguars and did not practice all week. Veteran Jim Leonard is expected to start in his place. Blank has been a pleasant surprise for the Bills this season ever since making the switch from cornerback to safety. He is second on the team in tackles with 82 and has four interceptions. This was uh, the Mm -hmm. guy who replaced uh, Jairus Bird. Aaron Williams? Aaron Williams, the guy nice. who did the uh did the uh the rally speech before the game on Saturday. So pretty much a I'm breaking in with a quick update. Sure. I wanna note we didn't note Dion
0: Dawkins, Dawson Knox, Matt Milano, and Tremaine Edmonds are all first alternates for the Pro Bowl. So they are yeah. next in line, which we didn't mention.
1: That is great. I didn't even hear that. So whatever yeah, news sources. It, it was
0: just posted an hour ago by Elena Getzenberg. So we were just getting started with all of this. So. Yes.
1: Um, why didn't I see that? What's I, I usually quote uh, Getzenberg to you guys, so I, I was slacking on this one. Um, all right. 2012, Bill's linebacker Blank says he'll be on the field Sunday. Buffalo signed linebacker Blank back to the team after releasing him on December 3rd after he was inactive for 12 games. The 30-year-old made seven tackles for the Bills in 2011 after spending six years with Oakland and Jacksonville. This hint might not help you guys, but we've had this Twitter account so long, we still follow him. And he was a Bill for two seasons. Uh, what's he up to now? I'm going to look up some info on him. Um... Arthur Moats. Good guess. A little bit a little bit post Motes. Post Motes. Not, Not but he's a broadcaster one. now. He does the uh, he teams with Dick Stockton to call NFL on Fox games on a rotating basis. He covers yeah. Los Angeles Rams games for ESPN LA. Hmm.
0: I feel like I just saw him tweet something.
1: His uh Last name, he shares it with a member of the 27 Club, the tragic list of musicians who died at age 27.
0: Hmm. I didn't know there was a club of that yes. Um. Johnny Cobain?
1: <laughs> Johnny Cobain. Cobain is a member of that club, so that works. I'll give another hint. Is it, that the- like, is it Hendrix? Not Hendrix, Boy, you guys, it's funny you guys say no. Oh, we didn't know there was a club, and yet you've named two of the members of the club.
0: Well, I mean, I can name people oh, yeah. who died young in music. Is yeah. uh, it Buddy Holly? Not, I feel not... like I just want to name people who are in this club. <laughs> <laughs> this is a better game at this point.
1: <laughs>
2: yes.
1: Oh, yeah. Come on, get Oh, uh, Janis Joplin. Uh, first name is the, he shares a name with a current a 2023 Pro Bowl quarterback josh jaylen <laughs> um, oh uh, I also say it is it is kirk. not uh kirk patrick winehouse either kirk kirk yeah we had
0: a linebacker named kirk scott this is great
1: kirk. <laughs> morrison Morrison, there we Yay! go.
0: I was about to say Kirk Cobain, which would have been. <laughs> <yeah. Next laughs> I time think we would have remembered a Bills linebacker with that name, yes. Kirk Next Morrison. Next time we can do the, the wrestlers who died young club, yes.
1: Oh, yeah, I can probably work that into some of these. Um, speaking of dying, on this day in 2012, we lost uh, Jeff Winans, who played with the Bills in the 70s, uh, second-round pick of the team. Uh Bit, you know, encourage you to go up, look up information on Jeff Winans when you can, or Winans. We're not going to spend any time on him here, but you know, he has some concussion, post-concussion issues. He was one of the first guys who was kind of identified in. Uh, so you know, look, read and learn about Jeff Winans when you get a chance. All right, 1999, blank, gone for the year. Blank had surgery to repair a ligament in his left ankle. That means rookie Antoine Winfield will start at left cornerback. This is a 1995 round four pick by the Bills out of Memphis. He played seven seasons for the Bills, 108 games with 54 starts, and he had 10 interceptions. Henry 11 Jones? seasons overall in the NFL. Henry What's that? Jones?
0: Henry Jones? Yep. Nope.
1: Okay. Um, Chris Watson? Watson's a good guess. I think he was with it. He came from the Broncos, though, so he wasn't a Bills pick. I'm trying to think of some. This is one of those guys, you're going to know the name, but I'm trying to think, what did he do that was exceptional? Jamie Williams?
0: No. no Jamie Williams is before that. Let's
1: see. Uh, I'm trying to think of a good – I'm looking Jamie. at his Wikipedia page, and it's the shortest ever – it's just a stub. It's literally two sentences. Former defensive back, played 11 seasons for the Bills, Saints, and Vikings, played college football at Memphis which is where he became affiliated with the Phi Beta Sigma fraternity. And that is the entirety of his page. Um, He had... Okay, I'll give you the first name. It's it's Barbie's boyfriend. Ken. Mm -hmm. Ken. It's very similar last name to Chris Jericho's real last name.
0: Uh, so not Ken Irving. Right. Yeah, I, right I. I mean, I. I'm saying Ken Irving, and I should probably know this guy's name by now, and I don't know
1: it. Yes, you just take Ken off the Irving. G. It's, it's Ken Irving. Very good, Scott. Okay. Sorry, it's, Ken. It's all right. Those seven seasons and ten interceptions. How quickly we. It was 23 years ago since he was 21 years ago since he's played for the team. So. It,
0: it's also my admitted black zone for football or dead zone because it's, it's when I started college and like right. experiences went different ways than, than mediocre bills football.
1: They did. I uh, would miss games in college. I never yes. miss games now. And I didn't miss games in grade school or high school. Um, yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yeah.
1: All, right. All right. The last one, this is one we've not gotten in the past, but let's see if we can get it this time. Um, 1994. Fed up Levy bites back in feud with Blank. The phrase goodwill toward men doesn't apply to the relationship between Marv Levy and Blank this holiday season. The Bills head coach used the form of his cable TV show Monday Night to blast Blank, a former member of Levy's coaching staff with the Bills and current talk show host on WGR Radio. He was regarded as a buffoon by our players, Levy said. He hasn't changed, he's the same now. Blank shot back on his own show Tuesday afternoon. Why did he fire me? He hired me, and he kept me for five years. I was a buffoon for five years, he said in response. Blank, a Bill's assistant from 1986 to 1991, has been a vocal critic of Levy and the team's coaching staff at times since he joined WGR a little less than a year ago. This was a defensive line coach. This is Chuck Dickerson. It is Chuck Dickerson. Wow. Yes. Yes. You guys have since learned from not getting this name in the past. So, yeah, good job, guys. Uh, He just a little trivia tidbit. A similar character, Chuck Dichter, appears in the 2002 made-for-TV movie Second String portrayed by John Voight, which is about the entire Bills uh, being poisoned and then all the backups have to come and play in the Super Bowl. And I won't give any spoilers. So, I remember that one. Yep. All right. And uh, that's the Sting Bills headlines for December 21st. Thank you very much.
0: We have to talk about the Bears and the Bills. I just realized, of all the crazy stories this week, did you guys see the Chiefs fan that robs banks? <laughs> yeah, he, had, he, wore his
1: wolf, he even wore his wolf mask.
0: He's, like, internet famous for wearing this mask and being, like, a super fan, and he robbed a bank on the way to the Chiefs game <laughs> to, to pay for the Chiefs game. <laughs> Okay. I I got nothing else. That's just insane. Okay. Uh but, the 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 Bears have a guy named Justin Fields and they're they're ten point underdogs to the Bills. Um Chicago Saturday weather. Googling. It's gonna be eleven degrees in Chicago. Uh it's gonna have just finished snowing for two days. Um so it's gonna be it's gonna be cold. It's gonna be a cold ass game. Hopefully they'll if they have the field clear. That's the only thing I would worry about. I think the Bills have played in colder games than that and they've thrived in colder games than that. And I'm going to pick the Bills to to win going away uh, I'm going to say 24 to 24 to 9. Cuz the Bills are right. going to be good.
1: All right. I'll go I'll go next so Scott'll get to close the predictions. I think the Bills also win, and they score 24 points. I have every game being closed from here on just because I feel like it's competitive. The Bears are competitive with a a great Eagles team last week, Uh, the only team that's ahead of the Bills in most power rankings. Uh, I'm going to say Fields plays well. Defense has some issues with him, but in the end they prevail uh, 24 to 22. All right, Scott. I will
2: go uh, 31 13 all right i think the bills win i think um i mean like yeah like paul said i could see it being a close game where the bills are looking ahead to the big showdown with the bengals the week after and uh the bears are not are you know an nfl football team and the bills have lost to the jaguars a year ago and and lost to, to to teams that weren't particularly great this year and that this certainly could be another one but i don't i think um I think they'll they'll figure it out enough to, to to. I think the snow will keep them on their toes. Hopefully, they'll they'll get through the game. Um, if they show up and are mentally focused, they should beat the the Bears before the little extra. So, yeah, 30, 30.
0: This will also complete uh, Allen's tour the NFL, um, in that he will have played every other NFL team once he takes the field against the Bears. Mm. So mm-hmm. there you go, and he's beaten most of those teams. Um, it's someone listed that it was the 31st team he'd play. And I go, what's the 32nd team he hasn't played? It took me a full two minutes to realize (laughs) that it was the bills that he hadn't played against. Um, so let's hope it stays that way. Uh, if you would like, do you remember who
1: quarterbacked us the last time we played, uh, the bears?
0: Oh, it would, that's current backup for the Chicago bears, Nathan Peterman. Ding, ding, ding. That is correct. That is correct. And it did not go well. Um, (laughs) As, as all Nathan Peterman games don't go well. Uh, and if you would like to reminisce about Nathan Peterman with us, MNY Bills on Twitter. That's where you can find us. You can recommend this podcast to friends. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you are celebrating, have uh, a very happy Hanukkah, which is happening right now. And if you're celebrating this weekend, have a very Merry Christmas. And if you're not doing any of that, please have a great week and go Bills. Thank you so much. Uh, I'm Frank. I'm Scott. I'm Paul. Good night, everybody.